Hey, 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 everybody. My name is Ryan Atkinson, and you are on the Business Cloud. Today, we have a phenomenal guest for today's episode. He's held numerous leadership positions from companies like Redbox, Warner Bros, and Nestle, just to name a few. Um, and now, amongst many other things he's doing, um, he's my professor at the University of Iowa, teaching me about digital marketing, customer experience, has been a great professor this far. Um, so it's my pleasure to introduce us to Professor Wokeson. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to join you. I'm <laughs> looking forward to the conversation. I am as well. Before we get started, I have to tell you a quick story that I did not tell you on our introductory call about right. how I reached out to you. Um, and everyone, you can take a lesson away from this because I did. Um, so real quick, when I first drafted up the email to send it to you, it took me like probably 20 minutes. I was making sure all the grammar was good. Comments are in the right spots, taking out stuff, adding stuff. Um, and I pressed send. It was like a Thursday. I pressed send. I thought I pressed send. And so the day went on, didn't get a response. I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. Friday, nothing, weekend, nothing. And like a week went on. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't think he's going to reply to me. So I was like, okay, when did I send this? And so I go back to it, press like send. And I was like, it's not sent. So I typed in your name, Professor Wilkinson, and it was a draft. I never pressed send. And so I pressed send everybody and no joke, under two hours, he replied to me. So lesson takeaway, make sure you always press send. Right, right. And um, it's interesting because our class in, in this world of uh, pandemic and, mm -hmm. and COVID, it's asynchronous. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I don't know how many classes you have like that right mm -hmm. now, but as the instructor, you kind of throw content over the wall yeah. on, you know, either on a weekly basis or maybe some folks do it on a longer mm. cadence. And then you just kind of sit back and you're waiting <laughs> like, oh, nobody's got any questions. And yeah. then kind of similar to you, you recheck and recheck and I'm on icon. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Someone's finally, you know, submitted an assignment or something like that. But you always kind of you know, you're always a little bit wary of the technology. Yeah, you really just never know. But before we get into your backgrounds, that I'm super excited to speak with you back. We got to ask some warm up questions, and they're all going to pertain around the holiday season. We have thanks, or we have ha Halloween, holiday season. We have Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all in a row. So I got to ask you, what's your favorite holiday? Oh yeah, um, you know. Uh, you know, the, the family stuff is always really fun. And, mm. um, you know, we've taken some pretty awesome vacations over Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Um, because my, my kids are still in, you know, primary, secondary uh, school. And so mm. they get the entire week off. And oh. so um, we've had some really fun vacations. We've been to uh, Maui a couple times. Uh, cool. Sometimes we've gone out to the desert to see my in-laws. Um, so it's the combination of you get a little bit extra time off. Mm -hmm. There's some amazing food. You're around family. Yes. Um, so um, probably Thanksgiving's uh, my favorite. How about you? Mine's probably Christmas. I just love, you know, I love all the Christmas like movies. My mom's a huge like Hallmark person. So Christmas movies yeah, yeah. are always on. I just like the whole aspect of family Christmas. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? I, that's got to be the follow-up question. Do you have a favorite Thanksgiving food? You know, um, obviously, you know, kind of center of the table, you know, the turkey. And, you know, I've, I've made some just disastrous ones that weren't fully cooked before. And then next thing you know, you know, it kind of extends dinner time another two, three hours. 
but um, I'm kind of a big, you know, stuffing guy. Um, so I always uh, try to do something a little bit different on that front mm. every year. Um, and it's something that you can play around with. Definitely. I used to not be a fan of stuffing, but now I really, really like stuffing. So yeah. it's funny how that all changes, but good warm up session right there. Everyone knows your favorite holiday now. So I'll be typing about that in your class or something, but um, right, right. The, floor is, the floor is yours. We would really love to hear more about your backgrounds and experiences. I touched on a little bit, but love to hear you go more in depth about it. Yeah. Well, you know, we chatted a little bit and, you know, I'm a, I'm an Iowa native. And so I grew up in Sioux city mm-hmm. and, um, you know, found myself at the University of Iowa pursuing a, a business degree and a marketing major. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that was my first uh, path. And then after that, as, as you kind of know from the Iowa community, you know, either you go back to your hometown or you kind of pick um, Des Moines, Minneapolis, Chicago. Some people mm-hmm. go Kansas City, maybe a few people go to Omaha. Mm-hmm. But my sister, had graduated from Iowa two years ahead of me and she was already in Chicago mm-hmm. and a lot of my uh, good friends from Iowa had moved to Chicago and I thought well I think I could always go back to Sioux City mm-hmm. uh, I love it there love the community but let me try to um, kind of step out of my comfort zone and, mm-hmm. and go to you know the big city so went to Chicago um, and had uh, a a couple of gigs there. One of them was working for a real estate entrepreneur. And so I did that for about five years um, before going back to grad school. Cool. And he was uh, an attorney by both uh, education and trade. Mm-hmm. And what um, he was, he was a pretty amazing dude and mm-hmm. built this little mini empire mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of grit uh, and determination. And I was either going to go back and get my MBA or get a law degree. Um, ultimately I, I kind of decided I could always hire an attorney. Yep. Um, and, uh, so, uh, I ended up getting my MBA at the university of Chicago oh, Wow. and had, you know, a lot of cold winters in the Midwest, yes. you know, and, uh, I said, I want to get out to the West coast. And so almost from the beginning, I was focused on getting uh, a marketing position on the West coast, either San Francisco or or down in LA. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate enough to get um, one of the positions at Nestle right out of school and entered their brand management program. So, um, you know, and I'm, I'm still friends with those initial folks that we Mm -hmm. entered entered a a class together basically yeah and um you know uh in in fact i saw uh, one of them last weekend here out in la so that really started my marketing career Mm -hmm. um but you know i had five years with a really fast-paced entrepreneurial guy and so you know you think about traditional consumer packaged goods Mm -hmm. stuff that goes up on a shelf those life cycles um, are pretty long and, you know, the pace is a bit slower. Mm-hmm. And then you think about a Swiss based company and, you know, it's $50 billion market cap. And those guys have, which is pretty cool, like a 20 year plan, a yeah. rolling 20 year plan, as opposed to like a three to five year long-term plan. And the pace is glacial. <laughs> so if you want to make a change to the packaging, you know, <laughs> 
it goes to the, you know, your own VP of marketing, and then mm. it goes to some guy in brand assurance, and then maybe it goes to the, you know, yeah. some council at the Americas. Mm-hmm. And then if it's a global brand, then they toss it over the Atlantic and they're like, huh, should we make that change or not? Yeah. And, you know, the good part of that is that there's a ton of rigor to mm-hmm. it and you learn um, some good discipline around mm-hmm. the brand identity and, you know, research and insights yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I was kind of, I was more anxious. Mm-hmm. Than that, and you know, I was out in LA, and the media and entertainment business seemed pretty attractive. The pace is pretty attractive. The margins are amazing, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I started kind of casting about, looking for a gig in media and entertainment. And what happened to be a great fit was physical media. So it's a package good, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, companies like Warner Brothers and Universal and Disney, it's a, yep. they'll put out 20 or 30 new films a year, yep. which in our world, those are products. Yeah, you know, They're more sexy mm-hmm. because there's famous people attached to them, but they're products. Yep. <laughs> and the home entertainment business was exploding and mm-hmm. they needed people with MBAs and some brand management and trade marketing experience to put some more structure and discipline about how they went about uh, their go-to-market plans. Mm. And so that's when I stepped into Warner Brothers. That's cool. And then kind of quickly moved into digital marketing after that. Mm -hmm, Definitely. What year was that like home entertainment where you saw it like really take off? Um, It started to take off in um, 98, 99. Okay. So, you know, kind of like what we talked about in class, mm-hmm. the consumerization of technology, mm-hmm. you know, VCRs. Yep. <laughs> what, what are, what are those? Around for a, a massive, <laughs> what are those? You know, yeah. Um, so these tapes, you know, it, the writing was on the wall because mm-hmm. the CD industry at the, you know, the music industry had adopted CDs and that had taken off amazingly well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it was only a quick matter of time before the entertainment industry was going to shift their form factor to a DVD or something similar. And so I got in just before that happened Yeah, and was able to take part in that transformation mm-hmm. of uh, analog to digital mm-hmm. and the explosion that began to happen alongside the, the explosion of... Uh, the internet and, and digital marketing. So uh, just right time and right place and, and right uh, passion. Do you think that's like, I, oh, I have two questions for that. Do you think like that's like a big thing with with success is like you're just in the right place at the right time doing the right thing or what What do you think? You know, timing is, is mm-hmm. a piece of it. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I've been fortunate and, and lucky on, on that front. Um, and, you know, but even when timing isn't, you know, isn't right, you think yeah. about some, some niches mm-hmm. that people have exploited. Um, so you've got a branded t-shirt for yeah. business cloud, right? <laughs> yep. Um, you know, let's say this podcast takes off. It's, it's, you know, it's in a sea of thousands of, of podcasts oh. <laughs> and there's a ton of, 
competition for content, especially mm -hmm. in, in the business content world. Mm -hmm. But if, if you deliver the right content, um, you know your audience mm -hmm. and you're pretty passionate about it, you know, it, it can also break out too. So, mm -hmm. you know, timing's helpful, certainly. Um, attaching, you know, understanding, you know, the, the right culture in the companies yep. that you're with that are a good fit with you mm -hmm. as a person, uh, along with industries that are mm -hmm. interesting to you. I think, you know, you combine those things and it, it kind of, you make your own luck. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I really love that. And then my other question to that, this is kind of a question I thought of the other, like this past week, I was like, Oh, this might be a, just a splendid question to ask is like, how did like your childhood, like hobbies, what you like to do as a kid, like really match up with what you did um, with your career? Um, you know, I, I really like the, the idea of, mm -hmm. you know, kind of making stuff. Yep. You know, even as you go back to your shop class mm -hmm. or art or um, as, as you kind of reflect on a, on a, mm -hmm. a job well done and, and seeing that in front of you. Um, so that's why I kind of gravitated to more of the products mm -hmm. within marketing as opposed to the services. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, as I reflect on, on my career um, and I didn't quite know how that would translate really in the digital world, mm -hmm. you know, cause it's not tangible. Yeah. I can tell you when I lit up that first website <laughs> um, at Warner brothers and I had two, <clears throat> two projects. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them, we had just acquired a library of over a thousand films from oh, MGM wow. at, at uh, Warner. And so it was my job to kind of do some analysis on this and mm -hmm. see, you know, how we could productize it. And mm -hmm. so we, we put them into different kind of collections mm -hmm. um, and, and quickly realized how important Amazon would be to us in terms of, you know, and this was niche stuff. It's, yeah. you know, library films or it's mm -hmm. Bogart, it's musicals, it's that kind of stuff. And so, wow. you know, um, I put together um, uh, a strategy that involved a long form and a short form infomercial, mm. which is yes. kind of cool because that we got to cool. shoot it on the Warner Brothers studio lot. That's so and sweet. And then we had, yeah, and then we had uh, 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 an email campaign and, mm. and we put up a couple of websites and that was my probably first big project that's cool you know when i moved over into the digital and i guess i started the digital marketing group there <laughs> but um that was that was one of our first projects and after it had the website had finished its qc qa mm -hmm. and we said all right we're gonna light this thing <laughs> um and it and it was live to the public it was at the same time both mm -hmm. really exciting Mm -hmm. um, and really frightening because, you know, as opposed to the physical world, when you do a, a product design and mm -hmm. it goes out to retail, it doesn't hit all the retail shelves at the same time. It, mm -hmm. it kind of does a slow roll. And, and even if you try your best, it's, it's not going to get hundred percent coverage right away, but you turn a URL on, everybody's going to see it mm -hmm. and they see the good and the bad and the ugly. <laughs> um, and so, 
you know, you, you become thick skin pretty quickly because everybody's a critic of creative um, and everybody's got an opinion or mm-hmm. their husband or the wife or their cousin's got an opinion on, on what you're doing mm-hmm. and they don't really care about the strategy. Um, they just want to be heard. Um, but that's the other beautiful thing about digital mm-hmm. is that as opposed to, and I'm trying to find a, you know, if, as opposed to a product that once it's stamped out mm-hmm. or the box is filled and it's on a shelf somewhere, you know, um, you can change digital. Yep. Very easy. You, know, you make an update and then you re-release it. <laughs> See how people like, but you're still going to have the people behind the screens that can say whatever they want to say about it. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. You just, you get, like you said, you got to get the thick skin about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is, I've heard one time that you need to have a story that you can tell at a cocktail party, on a date, and in an interview. What's like a favorite story of all your past experiences that you love to share with people? Um, Regarding like a project, a situation, something that went wildly successful, um, just anything like that. You know, um, my short kind of elevator speech if you will, or cocktail party speech Mm -hmm. is, you know, it's typically around these projects that have Mm -hmm. had some sort of transformational effect, um, either on the company itself or on the customer or or consumer side. And, you know, um, and and I've had kind of those unique stories at Warner Brothers, Universal, and Redbox, Mm -hmm. We've tried to figure out how to um, really kind of either change the game for the company or the industry. Yeah. And, you know, going way back to the Warner Brothers days, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were able to kind of take our library of, of products and, mm-hmm. and, you know, light them up on a website, you know, per se. And, it, it really changed how our own salespeople mm-hmm. would work with the Walmarts, Targets, you know, Walgreens of the world and how we went to market. Um, you know, we were, we were way out front in terms of mm-hmm. the digitization of the end-to-end sales process. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, those kinds of things were the kinds of things that really excited me. Yeah. Um, it's not the most sexy cocktail party story. <laughs> um, you know, if people like, you know, to hear about kind of the world of celebrities and films mm-hmm. and things like that, um, I, I was kind of reminded of, you know, the most anxiety I've ever had before a meeting. And, you know, it, and I was reminded because I went past this guy's studio mm-hmm. over the weekend and um, it was Sasha Baron Cohen's uh, Bruno. Okay. And so that's the film between Borat and Borat 2. And this Bruno film had an amazing first weekend mm-hmm. um, at the box office. It did something like $77 million. Wow. And between the first weekend and the second weekend in the movie world Mm -hmm. is what they call the drop-off and it's typical to drop off, you know, 
if it only drops 20 or 30 percent, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have a uh, an amazing run with this title. Wow. But um, he made nearly 80 million dollars in the first weekend because everybody loved Bruno mm-hmm. and people were repulsed by this Borat movie. And so that thing dropped like 80 or 90 percent. It still, I think, holds the record for the biggest drop in theatrical history. And so I was on the marketing team for the Mm -hmm. home entertainment, the DVD and Blu-ray release. Mm -hmm. And we knew he was super, super (laughs) upset. And he blamed the studio for that huge drop. Yep. And he had already, uh, we'd already made like 50 or 60 revisions of the package. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He was just so mad at us. He was just saying, no, no, no. Just trying to burn our cash. (laughs) And... um, we're going into this meeting and and we're like, he's just going to be screaming at us. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, uh, on the digital side, I'm like, you know, $77 million were spent in this first weekend. We're going to find people just like that. Yeah. That will want to experience this film um, in maybe in the privacy of their own home mm-hmm. <laughs> or really kind of less money. So we're going to put a highlight reel of all the funny stuff that wasn't offensive. Okay, good idea. And we're going to push that out and we're going to drive a ton of pre-orders. Um, but I, you know, I didn't know how well he would receive that because, you know, a lot of the stuff that he felt was funny was stuff that I didn't want to want to cover. Fair. And so you're, you're sitting there, you're waiting, you're waiting, mm-hmm. you're waiting for this dude to come into the conference room and he's purposefully kind of making you wait, you know. Um, <laughs> Build up the anxiety more. <laughs> right? And so he, he comes in, sits down. We all introduce ourselves. Mm. We finally take a, a deep sigh. Um, and, <laughs> you know, he, he is very self-aware of, because mm. the movies are his brand, his, yeah. his, his persona. Um, and his level of self-awareness mm-hmm. was really kind of eye-opening mm-hmm. and, you know, he really kind of bought into the strategy and the approach, cool. you know, tactics we were going to take mm-hmm. um, and the fact that, you know, at the time, and it was probably 04, mm-hmm. you know, to spend more than 25% of your media on digital was kind of unheard of, wow. but because we wanted to be targeted and accountable and mm-hmm. to do all the remarketing and retargeting, you know, it just made a ton of sense uh, to, to lean in on digital mm-hmm. and, you know, he bought into it. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to resoundingly endorse anything. Yeah. He did. But it was, it was just kind of a cool experience, mm-hmm. that is um, cool. you know, to deal, to, to, to work with that kind of talent and mm-hmm. have that kind of conversation from a strategy standpoint. Yeah, it's cool. It's kind of like you guys are like trailblazers in a way of, okay, we're going to do this all 25% on digital and 2004, 2005, I actually can't imagine like what the reaction to that would have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're kind of winding down with everything with the podcast episode, but I just want to add, this is like just advice to all, you know, college students, seniors, juniors, whoever may listen to this. Um, it's kind of the target of who does. Um, but I'm curious, I always love to ask this, like, would you recommend um, a college, someone looking for a new job to join a corporation or join a startup? What are your thoughts with that? Um, you know, it, it really kind of depends mm. on 
you know, a, a lot of it's going to depend on your personality True. and your comfort with risk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, at, at, you know, your stage mm -hmm. and your career, you know, this is the best time to take risks. Yep. And so if, if you've got an idea uh, for a startup, yeah, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of go for it mm -hmm. time and from an opportunity standpoint, you know, you got no mortgage probably, you know, yeah, no, <laughs> you know, you know, some of you may have families and kids and whatnot, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, the risk taking gets a little bit more difficult, you know, with, you know, as debt and yeah. <laughs> kind of pile up, um, there's a lot to be said for both routes, mm -hmm, definitely. Um, but whatever route you take, you know, is it a, is it a product that mm -hmm. you've got some passion for? Um, is the culture of the startup right mm -hmm. for the corporation right for you? Mm -hmm. uh, what does the industry, it's kind of like you got to do your own SWOT analysis, Yep. you know, for each piece and rather than just the pros and the cons, <laughs> be really kind of thoughtful about it. Um, you know, I, I didn't have a problem working for this little, you know, 12 person real estate investment yeah. company where if we had had a bad year, you know, everybody, but family would have been let go. And, and I would have been on the street with that. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a ton of obligations. Mm -hmm. Um, and, it, and, you know, I didn't actually, once you get into the work, you don't really think about the stability all that much. You just kind of put your shoulder into it and, mm -hmm. you know, between the effort and the creativity, um, uh, you, you just want to contribute. Yeah. Um, and at the corporate level, it's a little bit more difficult to feel like you're making a contribution mm -hmm. at impacting the bottom line. And so... Sometimes for me, that was a little bit difficult early on mm. at a company like Nestle. Yeah. $50 billion and <laughs> I'm working on a couple of small brands. Um, you know, my level of contribution didn't feel all that, that huge. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to when I was at Redbox, you know, I was helping, you know, the CFO and CEO prepare mm -hmm. for, you know, the quarterly analyst calls because. So cool. Yeah, our, our team had all the customer data. Uh -huh. We had the insights. We saw the path forward. Mm -hmm. um, and so we could help him uh, articulate that path. Yeah. So, so I, I, I gave you a non-answer answer. <laughs> but it's, it can answer. It depends. Both. Yeah, <laughs> it depends. And kind of going off like what you, a little bit of what you said in there, like what's a trend that you think um, students should really be looking for um, within any industry why like what's a trend you think will be the next like really big thing you know we haven't really covered this in class all that much mm -hmm. um but direct to consumer mm -hmm. and so you know going back to bonobos mm -hmm. and maybe i'm not pronouncing that right yeah but <laughs> so it was an mba mm -hmm. um who said i'm just going to make more comfortable pants mm -hmm. and you know, and crowded market, right? Very. <laughs> There's so many jeans, and, <laughs> you know, and slacks makers, mm -hmm. but he, he found a way to make them just a little bit more comfortable. And instead of going through the inefficiencies of 
the supply chain, mm -hmm. you know, direct to consumer, uh, That's cool. along with leveraging social media, mm -hmm. you know, fast forward, he, he sold it to Walmart for over 300 million bucks. <laughs> it's nuts. Right? It's, yeah. And so, you know, that, you know, look, you know, you could look around the grocery aisle mm -hmm. for products that have higher margin. Yeah. And, you know, those are going to be disintermediated by direct to consumer. You could go through Walmart, you could go through any, any kind of store. Mm -hmm. um, and you see like Tesla direct to consumer. Right there. Right True. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a big, that's a big kind of shifting trend. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, on the services side, it's the digitization of everything. Yeah. So on the consulting side of things, if, if that's something that, you know, you're interested or your audience is interested in, you know, um, I thought because we did digital transformation in mm -hmm. early 2000s, it would be close to played out now. But yeah. a lot of the B2B sectors mm -hmm. are still kind of lagging. Um and, and so I might also look at laggard mm -hmm. industries and markets and say, I think they're going to be ripe for transition. And so it becomes more entrepreneurial yep. in, that, in that way. That's honestly a real, I have never had that thought before to like, look at the, the industries that are like kind of lagging and like, you're right, like B2B, like on digital i feel like they're just so like some industries are just so so far behind and so being able yeah. to reform that and i think that's a yeah. actually really great opportunity yeah definitely so we'll end with one more final question you have been phenomenal i've really enjoyed this conversation yeah sorry i'm long-winded so you're lucky we don't have a synchronous <laughs> class yeah i'll listen to you all day but uh just like final question like looking back at all your past experiences um if you could give advice you know, to your 21 year old self, like, what would you really like sit him down and say, you know, Mike, this is what you need to do, or these are, this is how to be successful. <laughs> um, I, maybe it's less about success and more mm -hmm. about mindset. And mm -hmm. I would probably tell my younger self, relax, relax. Um, it, everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I, I would, I, I stressed out about a ton of stuff <laughs> that um, was just in my own head. And um, I, I think, you know, if, if you've got a certain amount of focus and mm. um, you care about doing a good job, um, you know, you, you're going to you're going to be just fine. Mm. Um, I would probably in that in that big relax umbrella um, comes a little bit of patience. Mm. too. Um, I might have hopped around a little bit more than I should have on the job front. Yeah. Um, and, you know, don't hesitate to, to reach out and ask for help from mentors, friends, mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, parents, that, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the family's always got some baggage with it when it comes yeah. to career advice. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you just take, you know, there, that community around you is mm -hmm. this buffet and you kind of just pick and choose what works for you. Um, but I would say to my, my early 20s self, um, you know, just 
chill out. It's gonna, you know, you'll find you'll find a path. Yeah, honestly, I think I need that advice right now because, like, looking for jobs, it's like, oh my gosh, like, what am I gonna do if I don't get a job here, 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 here? So that's actually awesome advice. <laughs> Good. Beautiful. Well, everyone, that was a phenomenal episode. Thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed it, um, Professor. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, any last words, anything else you'd like to add that I didn't ask her? You know, um, I, I would say if, if anybody wants to, to reach out, um, mm -hmm. Ryan, I think, you know, I'm pretty accessible. So um, you could, if you hit send, you could Hit me up yeah. uh, on email <laughs> or or out on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm available to take a look at a resume or a LinkedIn profile or or whatever you got for me. Perfect. Yeah, and everyone, those links will be in the description. I'll have his LinkedIn. I'll include your email um, and just ways to connect with him. And like like he said, just reached out for any advice. He is professor is more than willing to help. So thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care, Ryan. Well, 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 everybody, that was a phenomenal episode with her professor, Wokosin, excuse me, um, who really got to talk about in depth about Warner Bros, Nestle, Redbox, um, someone I really enjoyed connecting with. And he's been on like my target list, so to say, um, for quite a bit of time. So I was really glad to be able to finally connect with him. Um, and if you guys take away anything from this, um, you could take away a lot, but make sure you always press send because um, I learned that the hard way. Not very hard, but uh, you get what I'm trying to say. But um, thank you everyone so much for tuning in. Don't forget to press follow, um, join the Business Cloud community. Um, I will have all the links to Professor Wilkerson. Go connect with him if you need help with anything. Um, he is a great guy, a great professor, and a great leader. And so, guys, thank you so much for the time today. I look forward to next week. Who we're going to have a great episode with, um, with one of my favorite restaurants here in Iowa City. So thank you guys so much for everything. And I'll speak with you soon.